hello and welcome back to another episode of Lend Me Your Ears. I got some bad news for you. <laughs> I know I talked a lot last week about uh, what this episode was going to be. Uh, built up to it quite a bit, talking about the forms, teasing you know what could happen if you don't have the forms. I spoke with my lawyer before because I was like, let's make sure I can. And uh, I was advised against uh, putting anything out because I'm still going through one of those uh, situations right now. So that's going to have to wait. Um, long story short, <laughs> make sure you're documenting your company. Um, it's it's such an easy thing to do, but it's such an easy thing to not do. Um, I went years just kind of making it up as I went along, trying to you know do the best that I could and missed a lot of things, such as documentation. A lot of you have reached out to me too in the last week saying, oh man, I, I need those forms or I, you know, how did you get them or what did you do? And there's been more questions about that episode than any other. So I think it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Uh, company documentation, that paper trail can save you. And <laughs> right now I'm in the middle of uh, quite a mess, honestly. And it's pretty much due to the fact that I did not have a termination form. Uh, I can tell you what it is. I just can't go into as much detail as I wanted to, but um, have a termination form to explain why somebody's getting letting go or getting let go, uh, what led up to it, paper trail, write-ups, all of those things. Have that because I didn't for an employee. And then he said something, said he was fired for a reason that he wasn't, but now it's my word against his. And it's a very, very hard fight when you don't have that kind of documentation. So all I can say is do it. Side note to that, I am not a lawyer. I have lawyers look at things for that very reason, because I would do things or say things or have people sign things without having it checked. And you can get in trouble for that. So make sure you have a lawyer on retainer that you can say, hey, I want to do this, or I want to put this into effect, or here's my handbook, or here's a form, or here's a policy I want to put into place. Can you tell me if I should, can, shouldn't, whatever? And they'll tell you. Sometimes it feels like you're in grade school. I've, I've handed over forms to a lawyer and literally got back you know, the red markings. Don't do this. Don't say that. Change this word. This should say that. And it looks like you know I, I failed an essay, but it helps. And it makes you a better business owner, makes your company stronger for it, makes you safer. That's the whole thing is protection, right? But I was trying to figure out what to replace that episode with. And this whole week I've had a headache, really, just trying to figure out what am I going to, what, what am I going to talk about? I promised this and now I can't. And dealing with the stress of the investigation and dealing with just stress of the busy season. And it hit me and it, uh, I can't take credit for the title of this episode or the, the content. Uh, because that came from once again, Mr. Mark Stoner. I mean, I've I've gotten more from him in growing my business than almost anything else. So a lot of the things I say came from him or something that I, I saw him do. But anyway, I was talking to Mark when I started to grow my company and when I decided to take myself out of the field and into the office and I called him up and he said something to me. He goes, John, you're going to trade backaches for headaches. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you're in the field, you're working, you're busy, you're tired, you know, you're, you're doing the labor side of it. But when you start working on the business instead of in the business, you're not going to have that anymore. So that's good, but you're going to get a lot more headaches than you you had before. So he was right, first of all, and, and that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about those headaches. You know, I've kind of touched on some of them before, uh, talking about stories of, of some of the, the growing pains and some of the issues that I've been through, but Growing a business is a lot more in-depth than most people realize. And the more I've consulted with companies, the more questions I've got about podcasts, the more I see that theme starting to rear its head. So I thought this is the perfect time to dive into that. So let's talk about the headaches that you get once you actually start to grow your business. So let's get into it. For this one, I thought I'd break the episode down into five parts, which would be the why, the when, the how, the what. And the where, because when I, I talk about growth a lot, because that's my, the season I'm in, right? I'm in this growth season in this managing season, as a lot of you are as well. And we've talked about that. The reason you're listening to this is most likely you are looking to either start growing your business or you've already started. Now you've got the headaches already, but the why, right? There was somebody on the online the other day that was, you know, talking about all these companies growing and 
the big businesses taking over the industry and I mean, I, I agree, but I disagree to the, the concept that it's, you know, taking over and it's bad for the industry. That might be a whole different podcast, but it started me thinking, you know, why grow? And <laughs> not just in that, like asking, you know, why grow? But I actually ask myself all the time, why am I doing this? I talk to my managers a lot. And I'm like, why? It would be so much easier. Let's just start over let's just go back down to one two van start over and just make a bunch of money and be happy it'd be easier right that's the the whole thing here behind backaches to headaches is yeah i'd have the backaches but god i wouldn't have the headaches anymore but why grow why even put yourself through this once you're at the five six seven eight van level the headaches just come non-stop honestly we're going to get into that with the how and the what but why even do it right I talked about it before. Um, I was two van or two years in with one van when I saw Mark Stoner's TV episode for Blue Collar Millionaires, and at the time I was just watching it because you know chimney sweep on TV. Let's watch. But as I'm watching, it, I remember sitting there with my wife. I had the one van. I had the the one employee, and I was doing good. I made good money, and it was it was doable. There wasn't anything wrong with what I was doing. But then he said something that just changed my whole perception. And he was talking about when he got hurt. Uh, For those that don't know, Mark fell off a roof and was badly injured and was out of work for a while. At the time, he was just a one-man or one-van sweep, at least. And uh, he said, you know, it made him realize that he didn't have a business. He had a job. Meaning, if you can't miss work, you can't get hurt, you can't get sick, you can't take a vacation, you can't not show up and the money stops getting made, then you don't have a business. You have a job. The same thing is... If you're working for someone else and you don't show up, you don't get money. That's how it works. And I was like, he's right. And my wife is always, she always wants to go on vacation. She wants to go do all the fun things. I just don't. I'm a workaholic. (laughs) I am. I get tied up in work and I'm like, no, 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 we got to put our nose down and just keep going. And she's always like, can we, can we stop? Can we have some fun? But you can't do that. And that was my excuse for a long time is, oh, we just can't, we just can't, we can't go here. We can't go there. We can't do this because work. And that's not a good way to be running your life, let alone a business. You got to have that time to to just refresh and to calm down and to take off and and get yourself centered. And I didn't have that for two years. I was running around like a madman, putting out fires while trying to plan and order parts. And then, oh, this job didn't work. And now it's going to rain. And at the same time, trying to have a, a life and a family. And it was just I was run ragged, honestly. So when Mark said that, he goes, you have a, a a job. You don't have a business. I'm like, he's right. And that changed everything for me. I'm like, how can I need to grow? And that's the way that my mind works is when I see something, I just latch onto it like a dog with a bone and I just run with it without thinking. When, <laughs> like I just talked about, it's good to have people that hold you accountable, whether that's management, whether that's spouses, whether that's family, friends, lawyers, whoever it is that you can ask, hey, should I do this? You have to have that. Because I didn't in the beginning. I just kind of made it up as I went. So that's the why, right? I don't, there's a lot of people out there that enjoy a one trick operation. I have to put this out there. You don't have to be a big business. That's not the goal here is everybody needs to be big, huge, multi-truck. No, if you want to have a small business, if you're comfortable with a small business, one truck, single truck, do it. Absolutely. It doesn't change the industry. It doesn't have to be all one trucks or all 30 trucks. That's not how it works. That's not any trade, really. We have an HVAC company here in our town. I think they have like 150 trucks. And I'm like, how do they, just the the logistics behind that blows my mind. I'm like, how? But they do. And they're really popular and everybody uses them. It's great. Two streets over for me is a one truck plumber. Makes good money. Good friend of mine. He's helped me out on some of my jobs before. And I know he's available because he's just... It's great. And it works for him. I know a couple other guys. He's got one truck. He's got two trucks. And that goes for anything. I know a one truck roofing operation. There's also a company here with 20 trucks that does roofing. Like it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. So this whole, ooh, big business is bad and, oh, small trucks are terrible. That, that's that's not good for the industry. That right there, this us against them mentality. So if you want to be one truck, if you want to stop it too, Great. <laughs> There's a guy in this industry that has three trucks and he doesn't want to go any bigger than that. And he makes a ton of money doing it. And he actually helps people manage their money and their business better because he's honed it. 
So run with it. If three trucks is where you want to be, stop at three. If you want 300, then keep, you know, the pedal to the metal. That's you. So do you and stop this us versus them crap because it's not good. Me personally, the why made a lot more sense once I started doing it because I never thought forward. Like right now, mid 30s, good shape. I can do it. Why not? Why not get out there and climb a roof and put a liner in and rebuild this chimney? Because I can. What about 30 years from now? Right? Do I want to be 65 years old having to get up in the morning, putting myself in the same position of having a business, not a job or a job, not a business? Do I want to be 65 without being able to take time off or be up on a roof rebuilding it or putting a liner in or carrying a do I I don't want that. Absolutely not. My dad, his generation, my dad's 80. Uh, He actually, for those that uh, don't know, just fought COVID uh, a few months ago. He was in the hospital for 30 days, almost died, couldn't get his oxygen up. Terrible, pre-existing conditions, all of that stuff. He made it through, thank God. But he's 80 years old. And as soon as, (laughs) actually right before he caught COVID, he was trying to uh, put a roof on the back of his house. And when I went down to visit him after COVID, he's like, I can't wait for this to be over so I can get back out and I can go build those stairs. And I'm like, he just doesn't stop. And he's been that way my whole life. He had a company when I was growing up. It was a roofing siding. He did everything kind of general contractor company. And I used to watch him run around in his 30s and 40s and just kill it. But then it's 50, he's still doing it. And 60, he's still out there. And 70, he, I would call him and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm up on the roof. I'm like, dad, get off the roof. And I'd get the, wow, I've been on a roof since before you were born. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you're 70. But it doesn't phase him. And still, he just fought COVID, almost died. I talked to him this morning, and sure enough, he's got to go fix his stairs. He's got to go fix something else. He's just always moving. And I'm I'm proud of that. I love that for that generation. I'm like, they just, they're, they're sharks. If they stop moving, they die, right? They have to keep moving. And I was like that for a long time until I wasn't. I was like, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to have to. He's retired. He doesn't have a, a company or a job to run anymore. He's out there fixing his house because he wants to right? That's a beautiful thing to be able to do at 80 years old after fighting COVID to be able to go, yeah, I think I want to do my roof now. But having to is different than wanting to. Being able to, great. If you don't get up at 70, 60, 50 years old and go out and get up on a roof and do this liner job, you're not going to have any money. I don't want that for my family or my house. I don't. I don't. My kids are going to be way old. My daughter's going to be 18, 20 years old. And I'm like, sorry, can't. I got to go to work and go put this liner in. Not in the cards for John Caesar. Might be for you. Have at it. That's great. Not for me. So that's the big why for me. Is Mark was talking about in the moment. He's talking about in your 30s and 40s and early in your career and you, you know, having a job versus a business. And I started thinking, man, that looks terrible to me to have to have to do that. So then I put the plan in motion. I'm like, we're going to fix this right now. We're going to start growing. That brings us to the when. I did it because. (laughs) I did listed all the reasons, but there was no real plan. It was just got to do it, got to move, let's go. Because that's how I do. Looking back, there should be a lot more control, a lot more planning that goes into it. But when it comes to when, it reminds me of when I was working for another company. I went out to sweep a chimney at a guy's house, big house big yard. And I was talking to him, making conversation. I was like, what do you do? He owned a landscaping company. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, I just, that's who I am. I try to like, you know, learn and talk, build rapport, all that. But I was actually curious. I'm like, so what does that look like? How did that go? And he said, well, you know, it was good and started out small and had a different house and working out of my house and started growing. And he goes, but when I got up to three vans, I had to get out. And I was, I was mid twenties. Then I'm like, what? We're already at two at this company, like three vans. Like, what do you mean? And he goes, yeah, it got so big that I couldn't be in the van anymore. And I remember thinking, yeah, okay, buddy, <laughs> that, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll show you kind of attitude. And it always stuck with me for some reason. I'm like three vans and he couldn't weird. So started growing my company, got up to two vans. And I was like, all right, this is good. Got up to three vans. I was still in one of them. Like, oh yeah, I remember that guy, three vans, whatever. Yeah, this is easy until it wasn't. And all of a sudden the logistics behind three different schedules, three different leads, three different assistants, three different jobs, parts coming in and this job canceled and it's going to rain, right? We talk about rain a lot, but when you have one van and you have one technician, what I used to do is it would, I'd look at the weather in the morning I'm like, ah, it's going to rain today. 
I don't want to do this job. And I'd call my technician. I'm like, hey, take the day off. I'll throw you 50 bucks to stay home because <laughs> I feel bad. Um, but yeah, we're not going out. I'm not going to go work in this. And I take the day off and I'd get a day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to worry about it. I wasn't making any money, but I'd get a day. He'd get a day off. He'd get some money. Life is good, right? You get up to three vans. Now you've got six employees minimum. And now it rains. Now what do you do? You're going to call everybody out. You're going to cancel three schedules. <laughs> You're going to pay six people to stay home. No, all of a sudden you can't do the things that you could do when you were at one van. It's not as easy anymore. The decisions get a lot bigger. Now I'm thinking I have, it started to hit me right around three vans. I'm like, I have six people. They've all got kids, families, houses, car payments, taking a day or more than a day, right? You get this monsoon type nor'easter rain up here. It might be raining for two, three days in a row. We get blizzards sometimes in October, November, and sometimes early in the spring. You're talking April, May, it's still snowing, and you got guys that are chomping at the bit to go to work, and you're like, sorry, we got to reschedule three days worth of work. Holy crap. That's a lot of, that headache, that's when the headache started. I'm going, what am I, what's the alternative? Hey, I know we got to do this rebuild, but get up there and do it in the rain. I know we got to put this liner in, but I could call it off, but I, we really need the money. And so do you. So <laughs> get up there in the rain, go put this in. Like, what's the, alt- there's no right answer. Call them off, schedule them, send them home, or get out there and work through this rainstorm on a metal ladder on a roof. And oh my God, it's just, it started to hit me because then it's not just the gravity of the headaches, but I'm having to deal with these decisions at six in the morning. You know, the guys show up at 7, 7.30. They're already up. They're getting dressed. They're having coffee. They're saying goodbye. They're driving. Some of them have commutes. I've got to make these decisions now. I can't wait until 8 to make this decision. I got to do it before they all show up. So now I'm dealing with these headaches at 6 in the morning, watching the Weather Channel, freaking out. But then I still have a job to do. I still have parts that didn't come in. I still have this customer that's calling and complaining. I still have emails piling up I haven't got to. But I got to go out because I still have a job to do. But all of my headaches are now times three. And he was right. Mr. Landscaper from years ago, those words kept ringing in my ears. Three vans, I couldn't do it. Three vans, I couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, he's right. I can't do this anymore. I can't run a company and deal with customers and still have a family and a social life and do all of this while still sitting in the front seat of a van and going out and dealing with a customer. I talked about it with Jill a couple of weeks ago. It got, you know, talking about the communications, her trying to get a hold of me, because at the time she was still working out of her home. But it was bad enough when it was just me in a van, her trying to get a hold of me. Now she's got three times the customers calling and three times the schedules to worry about and three times the three times the everything. And I'm still on a roof and I'm still in a customer's home and I'm still trying to do a report. And she's calling me with, I got this question. What do I do in this pricing? And this, I got to move him and it's supposed to rain next week. And I'm trying to do all that while write a report. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And three vans was it. I had to pull myself out. So recently a friend of mine calls me up. He's got a company close to the same size as mine. And uh, he wants to send out a bunch of his guys for training and consulting at my shop. I was like, absolutely. Bring them on over. The day before they were all supposed to show up at my shop. He gives me a call and he goes, Hey, listen, everybody else is coming, but not me. I got to stay home. Uh, I'm dealing with some stuff right now. I'm like, what's going on? Turns out he's got an ulcer. And I'm like, this guy's around the same uh, same age as me. I'm like, that's crazy, man. Like what's going on? And we start talking and come to find out his company being around the same size as mine, he's still in a van. And I'm like, wow. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm no doctor. I'm not here diagnosing or anything, but I mean, I can connect some dots right? Like what I went through at three vans, when I got out the headaches and the the chaos that was going on and trying to correct everything and run everything. I can't imagine what it would be like running the company I have now from the front seat of a truck. So I'm completely connecting some dots on my own here, but it cannot be good for someone's health to be still in a van trying to run it while the company gets as big as, as his is and mine is. But as we're talking about everything, I was like, man, I, I hate to say this, but I said, you need to be working on the business, not in the business. And he's like, I know I, that's not what I'm built for. And I'm like, you and me both. I don't want to be in an office. I don't want to sit in front of a computer. I don't want to be on the phone all day. That's not who I'm not built for that. I'm built to go out and play with brick and stainless steel and climb roofs. That's what makes me happy. That's why I got into this industry. 
I didn't get into this industry to start a business. That wasn't the goal. I started a company because I love the work. Like I genuinely love being a chimney technician. That just gets me going. Same thing with a lot of you. That's our the whole reason we're doing it. And then for somebody to say, you've got to stop doing it because three vans or because six vans or because whatever, that's terrible. But he's got to. And that was the talk I had to have. And I was like, no, 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 we've got to, we've got to work on your structure. We've got to get you out of the van. And the very next thing he said was, what am I going to do? <laughs> I had the same question. I got out three vans large. I hired somebody to replace me, put him in a van. And now here I am still at three vans, but now I'm sitting at a desk and I'm like, what do I do now? Then I had two different issues that I was dealing with. One, I felt guilty as hell. I, I really did. I still do to a point is here I am training this entire company, getting everybody on board and they're following me and that's, you know, I'm leading by example and here's how you do. And I'm just the man, right? Names on the shirt. I'm in the van. Let's go to work. Now I'm at a desk and 7.30 comes around eight o'clock. Technicians are loading up and they start leaving and I'm like, bye, <laughs> have a good day. I know it's raining today. And I know I said you had to come in and go put that line right in the rain, but I'll be in this office nice and cool and dry. See you later. That sucks. I was like, no, no, I need to be out there. And I started finding reasons to go out and visit them at jobs. I'm like, hey, just wanted to check in. Let me help you out with that. And I jump up on the roof and start doing their job for them because I felt guilty. That's not who I am. I'm not a businessman. I'm a chimney technician. I belong on the roof. So I was guilty. The next thing was I was bored, bored out of my mind. The whole like three vans get out. I was like, okay, fine. I'll follow this one guy's advice and I'll do it because headaches. But all of a sudden I wasn't having to do inspection reports and, and climb all over and figure out stuff. And I was just in an office and I'd get a phone call and I'd get a text message and question here and there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can answer now. But 99% of my time I was like staring at a wall. I'm like, what did I just do? Why did I do it? Right? So there's why grow. But then once you get out, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is dumb. So I called Mark. <laughs> what else do you do? You call your mentor. You call the guy that's the reason you're doing all this. I called Mark and I said, hey, um, what do I do now? <laughs> and he laughed. And he said, you won't be bored for long. And I'm like, yeah, but how? And he started to lay out certain things that he did when he uh, when he first came out. I called another business owner called Chuck Hall. I said, Chuck, um, what do I do? And he laughed too. <laughs> he said, you're not going to be bored for long. I'm like, okay, I've heard that, but you know, help me out. And between Mark and Chuck, I got a lot of advice. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> to be honest, I was like, that's not who I am. I need to go build a chimney. But that wasn't my place anymore. When you start to grow a company, it gets to a point you literally can't. And I went through all of it. I went through the backaches. I went through the headaches. I went through the stress. I, I didn't get to the point of getting an ulcer. But I worked myself to the point of exhaustion. I know other business owners out there that have had to go to the hospital for heat exhaustion or overworking or dehydration or just straight up stress. They couldn't deal with the weight of running a company from the front seat of a van. I've seen it. It's not what we're made for. If you want to grow, it's going to be hard. It's a hard shift. You have to learn an entirely different job, really. You go from, I said before, your job, if you own a chimney company and you're in it, you have a job, not a business. That's great. You want a business, you got to change your job. You've now got to learn a whole new set of skills and have a whole new schedule or it's not going to work. So that brings us to the how. We've covered why, we've covered when. How do you do it? How do you grow a company without being in the van when your whole purpose of starting the business was to be in the van? You got to have a vision. You got to have a plan. You can't just, like I did, step out and then all of a sudden you're waving as the vans all leave and now you're stuck in an office alone. That's That doesn't work. <laughs> it does, but it takes a while and you end up calling people going, what do I do with my time? <laughs> but that's what Chuck and that's what Mark told me is now you get to work on the business. This is the exciting time. So your mindset, my mindset at the time was liner, brick, sweep. Like that was my focus was all on that. And they're like, yeah, you were focused on all those things while you were getting phone calls and, and there were holes in your company you didn't see. And you were trying to plug those holes while trying to work and it didn't work. You were spread too thin. That's where the headaches come from is you can't do both well for long. Now you've got the time. Look at it as a good thing. Now you can plan. Now you can look at your company 
and and plug those holes not just plug the holes but see the holes now you can get a 30,000 foot overview rather than being in the cockpit and just like stressed all the time take a look at the window what does your company actually look like what is it doing right what is it doing wrong things like QC you get three vans out there and you're in one of them that's great but there's still two other vans that are out there doing work in your name wearing your shirts and putting your stamp of approval on it you've never even been there that's a whole different conversation that's and it's coming up in another podcast but QC is so important that was brought up on Facebook as well. You know, uh, somebody said, my guys have to sell me the estimate before they go out, or I have to see this, or I have to be on site, or everything has to go through me. That's fine for now, but the bigger you get, that's not scalable. It works at one or two vans, get up to six, seven, ten. Now you can't do that. You can't, you three, four appointments a day times 10, day, or 10 vans each day. You're looking at 40 different estimates and sweepings, and how are you going to manage that? That's where working on the business comes into play. You've got to start planning out what is my company going to look like? How is it going to operate? What's the end game here? What's the next year's goal? What are we what can we fix? How can we make it more efficient? See, I've always had those ideas. I would have these like brilliant ideas on a roof. I'm like, you know, it'd be really fun if this company could you know, like have a warehouse manager, somebody just in charge of all the warehouse. Anyway, so about your liner and I just shift gears right back into work. And I couldn't actually wrap my head around something like that. I couldn't dive into it. It would just be an idea and then it would be gone. And I'd forget about it. And a couple of days later, I'm like, what was that idea I had in that customer's roof? I don't know. Anyway, so your flu is, and there it goes again. I could never focus. That's the how. The how, the reason that you need to work on your business instead of in the business is you focus on it. I couldn't focus when I was trying to do everything at once. There was no way... And if I did focus on one thing, then 10 other things were falling through the cracks and I'd shift over to one of those things. And now it just, my company was a mess. All these, you know, stories I've been telling you about what we've been going through the armpit era of, of Caesar chimney, the people that I hired, the problems that we had, all these things I'm talking about was because I couldn't focus on any one thing. I couldn't focus on hiring the guy. There was one, <laughs> one of the guys came in for an interview one day. I forgot to even schedule it. I come downstairs and he's standing in my basement and he's got his like his shirt and his tie and his resume in his hand. And I was getting ready to turn the TV on. And I'm like, oh, oh hey, so I'm, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm John with Caesar Chimney. Have a seat. And he could tell I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't focused. My day was over. I had a sh- crap day on a liner job or whatever. And I was tired. I wanted to go watch TV. And there's a guy standing in my basement living room going, oh, hi, I'm here for a job, Mr. Caesar. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm in PJs. <laughs> It's a terrible way to run a company. And I couldn't wonder, I was trying to figure out why it wasn't working because I wasn't focused. You can't focus. Once you get out of your, out of the front seat, right? And you can start working on the business instead of in the business. Then everything becomes so much clearer. Vision starts to appear out of nowhere. A plan starts to form. You can now see your company for what it is, good and bad. My company was more bad than good. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. No plans, no SOPs, no organization. It was just whatever John says goes because that's what it was. I couldn't focus. So everything became, hey, John, how do I do this? John, where do you want that? How does this work? And I'm just trying to make decisions on the fly and throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. That was my company. And I was growing. I was proud of it. People were like, oh, you got such a great company. I'm like, <laughs> you have no idea how much stress I'm under. And I would just smile and nod. Yeah, it's great. Look at my third van. Yay. So focus. That's the whole thing. You get out, you focus on things. That's when Service Titan came around. I had time to sit through a demo, right? That's when certifications happened. I had time to put training together and a plan for my technicians. I had time to start organizing the vans. Let's put checklists together for the vans so the guys have, know what they're actually supposed to have, which meant I had to sit and actually put a checklist together. How many drills is on that van? Okay, how many, should we have this? And I didn't have to stress about getting to my next job because I had an entire day where I could just sit and put a checklist together or a handbook. All those forms I talked about, I had zero of those forms when I got out of the van. Not a single one. I barely had a hiring uh, slate of questions for an interview. I just made it up because they'd come in and I'd be ready to go to my job. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you ever been on a roof? Yeah? Okay, why don't you show up tomorrow? Bye. And I'd be on, on the road. There was nothing. 
a lot of what we have now at Caesar Chimney was because I had the time to focus on why isn't this working? Why do I keep getting this same question? Why do I keep getting the same phone call from customers? Why is this not working? And I could dive in. But you have to have a vision and you have to have a plan and you have to have the time to focus on those things. And then things like quality control were easy. I got a whole day. Hey, where was that liner job yesterday? Okay, I'm going to head out there. Can you call the customer? Thanks. Bye. And I'm gone. Right? Technicians would come back and now I could actually talk about their day. Hey, what went right? What went wrong? What tool do you need? Or how did this work? Or, you know, you can discuss. You can actually, (laughs) I know I've said it a bunch, but you can focus. That's the biggest thing is I could not get a clear head around me to save my life. And now when I looked at this free time as a bad thing, It all of a sudden became a lot more clearer once I realized what my new job was. And my job was to focus and run it. So let's talk about the what. We've talked about the why, the when, the how. What does that look like? I mentioned this a few episodes ago, but the number one thing you should have once you've got to that point, if you're at three-ish vans and you're deciding to come out of the field, which I think you should, organizational chart. Who reports to who? Who does what? Everybody's company is different, so it's hard for me to say, hey, copy mine. Some companies have designated installers, designated masonry guys, designated sweepers, designated estimators. Our company, everybody does everything. That's just the way my company runs. I've tried. I went to them. I said, hey, how about if you only did sweepings? You're really good at it. What if you only did sweepings? Like, no, that'd be boring. Okay. And then I thought about, well, what if we did only repair crews? That's your whole job is just go out and install and repair. Of course, the young guys jumped at it because we pay commission. So that's big checks every week. So they're like, absolutely, sign me up. Let's do five straight months of liners. Well, that sounds good in theory until you realize you're going to burn yourself out. So you can't. I don't want to do that to my guys. You could. I don't want to have somebody always have to rebuild the chimney every day. Then they just show up and they go through the motions. One of the most beautiful things of this job is that it's different every day. You can show up on Monday and do a sweeping. Tuesday's a liner. Wednesday's a rebuild. And then you're doing flashing. Then you're doing, it's always different. And it keeps you going. Me, personally, if I did the same thing every single day, I would, I'd hate it. (laughs) I can't do that. Not what I'm made for. Some people can. But you have to have that vision. You have to know what's this company going to look like. I remember sitting down with someone years ago. And we did a SWAT meeting. If you haven't done one of those, I would definitely recommend doing a SWAT meeting uh, oh, on the spot. Now, I can't remember what it stands for. Strengths, weaknesses, something, something, but it's good. <laughs> I can tell you, you, can, you know, anyway, you get the picture. But the one thing I did take away from that that still sticks me to this day is the guy running the, uh, the training. He goes, okay, John, how many vans do you want to have in three years? And I remember I had like two or three at the time. And I was like, uh, five. He goes, okay, five. Now that sounds great. If, if I'm talking to you and I say, how many vans you want to have in the next five years? You can throw a number out. It could be five, it could be 10, it could be 20. That's easy to do. And I did. I was like, next question. He goes, great. What are those vans going to do? I was like, um, chimneys? <laughs> He's right. These are where the hard questions come in. He goes, okay, you want five vans. What do they do? And I'm like, ah. Oh. He goes, give me one day in Caesar Chimney with five vans. Picture it. Where are they going? I'm like, all right. Two of them are sweeping. He's like, good. And he writes down two sweeping. And I was like, two of them are installing. He goes, okay. And I was like, one of them's rebuilding. Great. Let's break it down. Each of those sweeping vans, how many sweepings do they do a day? I'm like, four. He goes, all right. So you got eight sweepings in a day. Yes. What's your closing percentage? I don't know. (laughs) Because I didn't know my numbers. I didn't have the time to focus on such things. I had no idea. He goes, well, guess. I'm like, 50%. Oh, okay. 50%. You get eight sweepings a day, giving out probably eight estimates a day. 50% creates what? I'm like, four jobs. He's like, correct. Yay. Where do those four jobs go? Oh, now I started to see it. I'm like, okay, this makes some sense now. It's easy to say five vans. We all want five, 10, 20. I'm going to be bigger than Stoner. Great. What are they going to do? How are you going to schedule that? Your two vans, your two sweeping vans in one day are going to create four jobs. Let's say that the next day is wide open, which never happens. But let's say you got four jobs and you have two repair crews that just created two days of work. Each van doing one repair, two days. Okay. 
But during those two days, you've now got two sweeping vans doing, do you see where this is going? It's going to start snowballing and you've got to plan for that. It's very easy to throw a van on the road and say, hey, go do work. What work? Where are they going to go? How are they going to fit it in? Back when I was still in a van, I was very proud of the fact that I could do more work than anybody else. (laughs) It's that ego trip. I'm the owner. I got to show off. I got to flex my muscles. Let's go do work. And I'd go out and we do four appointments a day, unless you're John Caesar. And then I told the office, (laughs) put six on mine. I can do that. And they'd put six because I told them to. And I'd go out and I'd have a gap or I'd finish one early or I'd be done sooner or whatever. And I'd call the office. Hey, give me another one. Give me another one. I can fit another one in. I'm, I'm in this town. You got anything I can go do? And I'd be doing six, seven, eight appointments a day because I could. And then, of course, I'd stand up in front of a seminar and say, you need to do three to four appointments a day because it's the best for your customers, for your company. And I say that and then I turn around like an idiot and go out and do eight because I could. That's John C's in a nutshell. <laughs> Until Max comes up to me one day and he goes, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. Why not? Because I'm better than everybody. I didn't say that, but that was my mindset. I was like, oh, you know, because I had a gap in my schedule. And he goes, yeah, but I looked at your inspection reports and honestly, they're shit. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you didn't do half of it. I'm like, well, I didn't need to because I could see everything. He was like, yeah, but you're not setting a good example. And I'm like, right. And he goes, but then, okay, so you booked a bunch. You close higher than anybody else in the company because of the owner. Good for you. But if you're doing eight a day and you close 60%, that's five, six jobs you've just created. Where are we going to put them? And I'm like, I mean, in in the calendar, he's like, we don't have any room. We're already booked out three months and you just created six more jobs today. He goes, you're overwhelming the company. That's a shitty thing to hear as a business owner that you're actually making it worse. But that's accountability, Right. Talked about that a few episodes ago. Accountability is key. You have to have people in your circle that can call you on your crap. Otherwise, you look like an idiot and don't know it. That's me. (laughs) I look like an idiot daily and I need people like lawyers and managers and spouses and friends to go, "Uh, don't do that. Oh, right. I'm the kind of person, if it works and nobody says anything, I'm going to keep doing it because I think it's right. Because if it's not right, somebody would have said something, right? Depends on you. Are you unapproachable? Are you arrogant and, and full of yourself like I was? Just like, you know, I said it, so do it. Nobody's allowed to call you on it. Nobody's allowed to question you because I got somewhere to be. That was me the first three years of my company. And my managers and my, well, I didn't have managers then. My employees were scared to death to question me because I was, and if they did, hey, what if we did this? No, 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 we got to go. We got to go. Just get in the van. Let's go. I didn't have time for questions. I didn't have time for vision. I didn't have time for ideas because just do it the way we've always done it because we got to get to the next job. That was me. No organization, no planning, flying by the seat of my pants. Let's do eight appointments because I can. Let's create five or six extra jobs we can't fit in. I was I was the problem and didn't even realize it. But I had people around me that were allowed to step up and say, John, you're wrong. That's heavy. Once I got out of the van and I had that focus then to be able to look around at the mess that I made, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, let's only do four appointments from now on. And Max is like, oh, good idea. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it was mine. I came up with it. But you can see better. It's not an ego trip anymore. It's not a competition anymore. Now you're managing. Now you're maintaining. Now you're creating. Now you're helping rather than hindering. That's the whole goal, right? You want a big company? Organization is key. Organizational chart organized schedule, technicians assigned, they know their roles, they know their supervisors, they know their jobs, they know what they're supposed to do, they know where stuff is supposed to go. The bigger you get, I always thought it was going to get easier. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, once I get to five vans and six vans, work's going to be so much easier because more people. Absolutely not. It gets harder. Those backaches that turn into headaches become bigger headaches because now when it rains, I have seven crews of people that I have to worry about their families and their car payments and their houses and their, if they can eat, right? That's where my mind goes when it rains. It's not, oh, goody day off. It's now, what do I do? Do I send them home and not them? Do I, do I cut the whole crew? Do I, what do I do? I have 14 people's lives depending on the decision I'm going to make right now on a 50% forecast. 
That's a headache. Are you ready for that? <laughs> Are you ready to get up in the morning and stare at the weather like, please, God, don't be raining. Please. 40% chance of rain. Shit. That's my morning. <laughs> the bigger, the worse. We just had a uh, heat shield training at our shop last Saturday. And great training. I brought uh, five or six of my company there and they got to see how things are, are done the correct way. <laughs> but he started bringing out tools. There was a couple different tools he brought out. And he's like, oh, and then there's this. No, and then there's that. And all of my technicians turn around like, we need that. I'm like, oh, God. Do you know what it looks like when a new tool shows up in a company of seven? Now I need seven of them. I want to talk about cameras. You got a $4,000 camera. That's amazing. I loved when I first got my SnapLock camera. And I brought it in a customer's home. And I went, you know, saw the demo, did this, bought it, got it, shiny, yours. And I brought it in. And what do you think all the rest of the van said? They were like, oh, hey, can I, can I get one of those? I'm like, oh, God. And that was when I had three. Now I got seven. We just added another van the other day, and he didn't have a camera. And I'm like, I got to buy another camera. That's $4,000 a van. Nice fancy vacuums. That's fantastic. $2,000, $2,500 for these fantastic HEPA filtered, awesome this, the hose and the thing. That's good. Times seven. You get a new fancy drill. We got the GOAT which I 100% recommend. If you're doing inspections, you're going to go on a roof, you don't want to get a ridge hook up there. The GOAT is fantastic for single man, uh, first man up operations. I think it's like five, $600 times seven. Everything I get now is multiplied financially and then one breaks and then this one gets lost. You want to talk about expenses? How about the van itself? We used to joke about, oh, we need a spare van. And we'd laugh and we're like, okay, a spare van. You're okay, buddy. I need a spare van. I got seven on the road right now. One of them is six years old. Actually, three of them are six years old because I got a couple of them new. What happens if one of those blows a tire, slips a rod? We had the transmission go in our dump truck. We only have one. I had to send that out to get fixed. But what if the transmission goes in one of my seven vans? I don't have a spare vehicle. The headaches, the bigger... You, and that's just off the top of my head. I don't have anything planned to talk about this. I can just tell you that the bigger you get, talk to Stoner. I went over to his place. He's got vehicle problems so bad that he's got the vision. He hired a mechanic, in-house mechanic. And I remember I went there for uh, a training and I saw the, the giant lift in the middle of his shop. I'm like, what is that? He goes, oh, we got an in-house mechanic. I'm like, same thing. My mind went straight to, what does he do all day? Right? You, you pay somebody to not go into the field. What does he do? He says, you'll see. Sure enough, as soon as all the vans were gone for the day, he pulled a van in, he jacked it up, and he started working on the engine. Oil changes, tire rotations, general maintenance, transmission, fluid, flushing, brakes, whatever it needs, let alone a big repair. We're talking small repairs. I have to bring all of my vans in every year to get snow tires put on during busy season. We're in the fall. It's got to come up in the next few weeks. Our vehicle manager has to send out 10 vehicles to go get snow tires put on while they're all supposed to be doing work. That's logistics. That's planning. Okay, your van goes here and your van goes there. Okay, when it, ugh, you can't send out 10 vans at once. They got to be st strategically placed. So you got to think about that. The bigger you get, the more logistics, the more moving parts, the more breakable parts, the more you have to replace and buy and do and plan. And that's not even counting the people. You got to hire the people. You have to find out what are they going to do. You have to give them work. You have to make sure that they can support themselves at the end of the day because that's your job. Your, my job is no longer chimneys. This is an episode I have coming up where I'm going to talk about being in the people business, not the chimney business. I'm not in the chimney business anymore. I haven't been for a long time. That's not my job anymore. My job is people. My job is managing people, managing parts and time. Very little has to do with caps, liners, bricks, and sweepings anymore. I'm in the people business. I have to focus on what's best for them. I have to provide for them. That's a tall order. I mean, bricks and stainless steel don't have any feelings. <laughs> you can just make them do what you want. If it doesn't work, grinder, hammer, duct tape, WD-40, <laughs> it'll work. You can't do that with people. You have to have a different tact. <laughs> You have to be a people person. That's my job now. I am a, I'm in charge of people, not materials. We're going to get into that in the episode I was talking about, but if you're not good at it, then find somebody who is. I had to. I'm not good at certain things in my company. Now I have to delegate. I have to get somebody else to do something that I can't do. Otherwise, it's not going to get done right. That also takes humility. There's so many moving parts 
to how a company runs and what it does. That once you're out of the field, once you're in the office, once you're working on the business, now you can focus on that. And if you're not good at it, find somebody who is. I promise it makes all the difference. Which brings us to the last one, the where. So most of us, when we started, we started in our house. It's the easiest way. It's the quickest way. That's exactly what I did. Started the company in my house, ran it out of my basement, a little corner of my basement, not even the full basement. Don't get this picture like we were big or anything. (laughs) It was literally a desk with a four by four card table with some chairs. And that was it. That was Caesar Chimney for about three years, maybe more, four years. Crap, that was a lot. (laughs) But the bigger we got, I stayed in that same space. And then before you know it, we had three vans lined up in my driveway every morning. And if it snowed, we were out there cleaning the snow off the vans before we could even start loading them up. And then I had to store them. Like my neighbors hated it because there was vans lined up all over the street and the driveway was just unsightly. And then I had deliveries. I'd have massive semi-trucks coming down this dead-end road, backing into my driveway to drop stuff off two, three times a week. It just wasn't fun after a while. It became a mess. And my neighbors were like, oh, here we go again. It's the Caesar guys. Great. Then I had employees that didn't drive the uh, the best, you could say. When they drove my vans, they were, they were told, make sure you drive it right. But the second they're back in their personal vehicles that weren't lined up all over the street, they go to leave and they're flooring it down my street. And then I got neighbors calling me, you guys are driving down the street crazy again. I'm like, don't do that. It's just, we outgrew my house really quick. It took me entirely too long to move out of it. When I did, I tried buying for a while. Uh, that's a whole different mess once you get into that. And I just couldn't do it. First of all, couldn't find the place that I want that fit what I wanted. And then it just, it was, and I'm not going to get into that. We'll wait on another podcast for that as well. But we eventually ended up leasing. I found a spot that fit and we moved in and it was great. And then we started out growing that too. Thankfully, my landlord is extremely accommodating and he allowed us to expand and then expand again. And then he was also subletting the the spot directly next to us to an escape room that ended up moving. And he allowed us to move into that. So I moved my offices into the old escape room. We turned the warehouse into a full warehouse. And then we expanded again. And now we're in the process of expanding again. But what that means is he's got to start moving his stuff to make room for us to expand. And we're asking him now to move into an even bigger part of his warehouse because we're just too big. Which is kind of interesting because a couple of days ago, Facebook brought up a memory of mine that nine years ago, this past Tuesday, cards were delivered to my house for a side business that I started. While sweeping chimneys during the day, I was moving um, safes and stoves for tractor supply at night just to make some extra side money. Nine years ago, last Tuesday, those cards were delivered and I was ex- really proud of that. Nine years later on that same Tuesday, I just put an offer down on a $1.12 million property. That blows my mind. I'm not bragging. That literally blows my mind that that, first of all, can happen and has to happen. But where? <laughs> where You want to grow a company? You want to get big? You want to add vans? You want to add people? Now you got all these issues I've been talking about, all these headaches. But let's say that you do everything right. You've got a management system. You've got a support system. You've got logistics. You're out of the field. You've got the the work to support it. You Everything's working right for you. You've got an organization and vision and planning, and you've done it. Where are you going to put them? I didn't think... We got this lease three years ago on the, the space I'm talking about we have right now, and we keep outgrowing it to the point that I, I, I ask for space, and we get the space just to fill it again. We've never had a space big enough to expand into i've always had just enough room to fill it and as soon as we get it now we're we're small again or we're too tight again so now we got a space i finally found one that i think fits and we put the offer in we're across my fingers it might not even work out who knows with real estate and everything but but i'm looking i'm i'm in the process of having to expand again so that matters it's all well and good to have one van in your home and you just have somebody show up And you go out and you go to work and that works. It worked for me for two years and it wasn't a bad deal. I made a lot of money. It was doable. I enjoy it. But then growth. Growth sounds like a really good opportunity. And it is. It's a really good opportunity. 
but I want everybody to know the headaches that come with it. And a lot of you that are growing right now, you're in the middle of feeling that, which is why I have a podcast, which is why I have a consulting company. And that's why other people are doing the same thing is we don't know what we're in for. It's uncharted territory. As soon as you go from one van to two, you think it's going to get easier and your workload just doubled. Your headache just doubled. I think it was Stoner that said it in a convention I, I went to years ago where he said that between three and five vans was the worst part of his company. It was the hardest to manage, the hardest to, to, to just get around or get through. And I remember thinking the same thing I heard when I heard the guy say, three vans had to get out of the, out of the field. I'm like, okay, three to five vans is going to be hard. Man, that's five times the money. That's five times the production. That's amazing. It's going to get easier. That's five times the people that can help. He was right. Three to five vans fell right into the armpit of Caesar Chimney's existence. It was partly because of me, mostly because of me, actually, because I wasn't able to focus on growing. I was just growing. I was still out there working while saying, yeah, okay, buy another van, put somebody in it. I'll see you later. I got a liner to do. Bye. Can't do that. I did, and it didn't work. Three to five vans, even with myself out, is hard. It's extremely difficult to manage the people. That's the time that most of you are in right now that, that I was, that I'm talking about. That three to five van mark is where you have to start honing your craft. Start learning how to manage people, not jobs. Start learning how to write SOPs. Start writing plans. Start delegating. That's, that's why it's so hard is because it's new and it's, it happens so fast. That by the time you're in the middle of it, yeah, you're back to having more headaches than you can handle and you can't focus. So I hope I've helped you and not scared you, honestly. It's an amazing thing to grow, but just be prepared for what you're in for. That the back aches go away. That's great. Like I don't have to worry about ibuprofen every single morning for my back. Now I take ibuprofen every morning for my head. <laughs> you trade the backaches for the headaches. Hopefully you don't trade the backaches for ulcers or have ulcers while you're going through uh, the backaches. But uh, for those of you that are still growing, still in the van, still trying to figure it out, that's the next step. You got to get out. Even if you don't want to, even if it doesn't seem right, even if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel or figure out what the hell you're going to do once you're out of the van, I promise you the business, the company, your people will prosper because of it. They need a leader, not a worker. So that's my time for this week. This one went long again. I apologize, but uh, I'm not sure what we'll talk about next week. So until then, thank you for lending me your ears. Have a great week.